Hey everybody, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Henson. So glad that you're joining us right now. And I'm happy to be joined by Worship Pastor Spencer Zook. Hey, what's up everybody? Production Director Jacob Hammond. Yo, let's go. (laughs) And Greenville Campus Worship Pastor Brennan Henson. How you doing? How you doing? No relation. Yeah, no, no relation. (laughs) Not related. Good stuff. Good stuff. Two Hensons in the room, unrelated. That's awesome, man. You don't get that every day. No, nope. You don't. Man, it's so glad to be joined by you guys. Um, actually, some talent in the room for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Instead of our pastors. just They're just jokes, people. You don't hear yeah. me at soundcheck. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring you guys in today and, and talk a little bit about worship. Like, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about worship in the church, kind of generally speaking, but... Let's start by talking about like what worship is like and what it's about here at Marathon Church, because we kind of have a very distinct vision and mission, and I kind of want to talk how worship talk about how worship music fits in both of those areas. And so our vision is to be a church that unchurched people love to attend. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you say that, you go, "Wait, it's for people that aren't followers of Jesus." Right. So how does worship and worship music? work with that yeah so um with that being said with our vision it's our mission to build communities that love jesus love people and live on purpose and i feel like as you know the worship you know department whatever uh, ministry um we fall right under that you know like i see it as a community that we're building it's a you know it's a culture thing that we're building that right right in line with the vision and like the worship culture is a community the music that we listen to and um how we pursue god i see it as outside of a sunday morning thing and uh, i shared this with uh these guys a couple weeks ago that like you know it's for me it's all about beyond sunday like more than sunday morning so what we do on sunday morning is just you know a glimpse of worship and and we really try to engage people you know, Monday through Saturday, as well as Sunday. And so, like, that's that. that's part of building that community that loves Jesus, loves people, live on purpose. It's it's every day, you know? Gotcha. So, I've been out of, even though I did it for a while, I've been out of kind of the worship ministry part of ministry for a while. And one of the things that we always thought back in the day was that God's people worshiping Him, you know, authentically, would be attractive to people far from God. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still kind of a thing, or, or were we off base on that? You guys think that that's... I mean, personally, I, I think that's still accurate. I think that yeah. like, there's something about being in a room. If you've ever been to a conference or you've ever been to you know, just a big church service where there's a lot of people like truly praising God and like really in their heart worshiping, like it's, it's something special that you really can't describe. Um, I don't know if you guys can speak into that, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think authenticity is one of my favorite parts about the worship at Marathon. Um, And so I've been attending here. I'm only coming up on a year, but from the first Sunday that I not only I experienced worship in the crowd first, obviously, but um, when I got to worship on stage, I was just like a, a background vocalist and the the fun and the freedom that you felt as soon as you walked up there, um, I really can't relate it to any other worship leading experience. Um, 
I just knew that like it was okay for me to be undignified. And yeah. um, I think that at some churches that you go to, you know, you got a lot of people in the congregation who will freak out at a football game and lose their mind uh, at a sporting event or whatever, or even a concert. Um, but they're terrified to like actually like worship or express what they're, what they feel the Lord like directing them to do, yeah. you know? So, um, I just think the tone is, has always been set from the, from the stage. And like, it's always been a privilege that when I'm up there leading, if I'm not like quote unquote leading the song as the vocalist, um, I'm always being led in worship by whoever is leading. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's, that's something that like, it's such a privilege, you know? I, I think that there's a word that word authenticity always seems to rise uh, to the top of the conversation when we talk about worship here at Marathon. And it's something that Amy and I noticed four years ago when we were just attending. And I think that um, it it's one of the great strengths of our church is authentic worship. Yeah, for sure. I would say, you know, kind of going off of what you just said, Craig, and what Brendan said, like, I've been here for almost five years now. Um, And whenever I showed up, um, you know, I just came to fill in on bass one Sunday. Oh, Um, yeah. And I met Spencer at a D-Now, and um, he just asked me to, to, you know, come. Which I was actually playing playing bass at that (laughs) D-Now. Which is so random. Yeah. So random. It was really funny. But um hey, shout out to Ryan Stanley <laughs> for, for introducing us. Yeah. Great guy. Um but anyways, I was just gonna say, um, whenever I showed up here, um, you know, Spencer talks about it being a community and that sort of thing. Um, immediately, uh, you know, there was just this authentic, hey, you know, we want you to um Spencer invited me over to his house for dinner. And I remember we just sat around the dinner table and listened to Coldplay and Surveyor and all kinds of stuff play. And uh, we played some sort of board game. Um, but yeah. Is it, uh, wait, a, an unnamed board game? game or you I don't, don't remember You what can't it was. say or you don't remember? I don't remember what board yeah, game it was. Parcheesier. I don't know what it was, but we played some sort of board game. But, Monopoly deal or something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, it's just for me... Um, you know, just Spencer talking about the community and for us, it's in between Sunday to Sunday, you know, that Monday through Saturday or, um, whatever, you know, it's, and Brandon talking about it being authentic. It's, it's genuine. It's true. You know, like, um, they invest in the, in the people that serve here with us and are part of our community. Um, and it's just something great to to play a small role in. You know, I'm I'm the production director here, but I also get to be a part of the worship crew um, some Sundays, and so it's just for me, it's just an honor um, to get to serve under these guys and and see you know what they say. Uh, it's true. You know, it's not just something that all these churches are saying of like, hey, we have a community of worship and that sort of thing, and we we're we have a culture of worship, you know, they, they really make it, uh, filter down, uh, into our teams and that sort I of think, thing. Yeah. I think what's cool about it, uh, for me is like, it's really reflective of the culture that we have as a church. Cause if you, if you've ever been around marathon and, 
um, you've been going here for a while or maybe, you know, you're new or whatever, like one of the things that we always hear people say is it feels like home, you know, it feels like a family. Like Mm -hmm. we may have like a big building and, you know, like a lot of people, um, if you're used to a smaller church, like it's a lot of people and can be overwhelming, but it, there's just a, there's something about it that feels real homey and like for our worship culture, that's what we reflect too. I think that we always, we've always just done life together. There's yeah. a ton of people on the team that, um, man, we just like, we actually hang out and like, like each other yeah. and have <laughs> like, have friendships and, um, hang out together, do dinners during the week and, you know, hang out, have a bonfire on a Friday night. And so it's, it's a true like love for each other. And I think that is received well, you know, and, and felt mm-hmm. from the congregation. So I, I, that's my favorite part about it. Yeah. It causes freedom on stage. I yeah. mean, as we trust, it's trust, you know, it's, yeah. it's a built trust. Yeah. And, and even not being super close with you, last Easter was the first time that I got to, got to yeah. worship with you guys. And that was a great service. It was. So good. It was. And, and I remember just coming to rehearsal and immediately feeling so welcomed that like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't scared to worship and, and I could, I could jump around and, and kind of just like experience that freedom that I, that I've always wanted to, to worship, you know, not to downplay or discredit any other church I've been to, but I think the team and that community has been something that has allowed Marathon to be what it, what it is, you know? I think that, that for me, that was a great testimony to the worship culture here. Mm. When you and Brennan started singing, it just like you just, it was like you guys had been a part of the team forever. Yeah. And you know, this isn't to disparage anybody else, but I think in a lot of cases, when you add that kind of talent to a worship team, it can go south because the people on the team are like, you know, feel threatened, mm-hmm. gel, whatever, you know, all these different things. And then the freedom goes right out the window and, and with it goes the authenticity. And I, I, I mean, it's a credit to the culture that has been established here, I think. Well, there's, I've always said, um, I'll talk to Brian and I think I've talked to you about it, but one of my favorite things that I've always noticed about marathon from like, Pastor Eddie on down, there's no ego that you have to deal with. You you don't yeah. have to question anybody's um, like intentions on stage, and everybody's just as real as it gets. And everyone kind of, you know, they'll dog themselves. Nobody's going like, "Oh, I did, I did so amazing, I did so amazing," or even carries himself in that way. And I think Spencer's leadership, I mean, Spencer's like super humble. So. Yeah to have have a leader like that who just can carry carry that um that culture is is really important yeah i mean the four of us we've all kind of been around the block a little bit and it to be honest it's hard to keep pretense out of it yeah it really is yeah sure um so spencer you you talked about these communities that we're building that love jesus love people live on purpose um and you mentioned how it's not about Sunday morning. It's about what yeah. happens during the week. Um, are you guys intentional uh, about song selection, things like that, that enables people to take it with them out the doors yeah. and, and, and into the community? Absolutely, man. Um, I think, I think first of all, there's so many things that go into like worship services and worship mm-hmm. planning that um, 
people don't realize all the time, you know? And um, it's kind of, it's funny to walking around on Sundays, like talking to people and um, they just assume that like you just pick a few songs and yeah. just get together and, and play them. Like there's no planning or um, intentionality behind it, but we're super intentional with, you know, the songs that we pick, the flow of the service, like everything matters. We're ultimately like, we're just trying to get to a point where people can meet with Jesus and, um, you know, where they can be introduced to Jesus for the first time. So everything that we choose from songs, like we, we want to take them on a journey that's, um, showing them a deeper love, a deeper understanding for God. And so, um, yeah, usually up front, I mean, just from a basic, um, like perspective, what we do is, you know, we, we try to have fun up front and get like a common ground, um, from the beginning of service and just connect with them at a, in a fun way and say like, Hey, it's okay to like clap. It's okay to sing along. Like you guys, we're just, we're just here to celebrate God and we're here to do this together. And then, um, you know, we kind of get like usually a little bit more intimate with the songs as the service goes on. But we always keep in mind that like, Hey, there's people out there, you know, going with the, the vision of the church, like we're church for the unchurched. So, um, you know, as much as like me, Brendan and Jacob sitting here would love to just like do an hour long worship set and just kind of like go wherever the <laughs> yeah. spirit leads us. Like we know there's people out there that have never like been in our doors before or the doors of a church period. And so like, we have to keep that in mind and like filter everything through that. Like this person is hearing this song for the first time and hearing this you know type of music for the first time even. So, yeah. um, there's so much that that plays into it, but that's just a little, a little snippet there. Let me ask you this though: Would it ever be appropriate to do an hour of music on a Sunday morning? I think if it has to be intentional, um, there has to be planning, you know, for for that service. I think you probably still need some sort of um, hosting of sorts, you know, but. Um, yeah, some sort of moment where, you know, people people know why we're just singing for an hour, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. I think right. if there's no explanation of that, then it's it's tough for the first timer, you know. Yeah. And I would leave that up to uh lead pastor or yeah. or um whoever's speaking that. Yeah, day. whoever's like, speaking. Yeah. Like I think that if you're if you're in a moment like that, it's kind of spontaneous. Um but if you would ask me, you know, if the pastor came on and was like, Hey, I, I just really feel the spirit moving today. And I feel like this is what we need to do. There's no doubt in my mind that marathon worship could execute it without yeah. a plan. And, mm-hmm. um, obviously if a pastor comes up and d- and does that, it's not just like, it, it's, it's kind of like a step into the unknown to say that. Um, so obviously the spirit would have to be moving for that to happen to begin with. And so, um, I think we would be prepared for it though. Yeah. 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 I mean, ultimately like Sunday mornings is, you know, for us leading on stage and uh, and the musicians that you see on stage, it's like, it's just an overflow of what we've prepared for during the week. You know, um, it's obviously not our first time playing through those songs for the service. So there's individual practice time that goes into it. There's, you know, listening through the songs before you even practice to kind of just listen through the parts. And, and there's just so much preparation that goes into it that, you know, when those moments come, like you're ready because 
it's it's an overflow of you know you already spending time in the presence of god and and being prepared yeah. for that so yeah so we from our birth we've been an innovative church right so i think um even though we've always been that we every church can get into a service order rut and yeah. so we've talked recently right about in yeah. our creative meetings about you know throwing a curveball and things like that yeah and you know because we are a church for the unchurched i don't know if that works on a sunday morning and of course we have worship nights you know and yeah. celebration nights where it is you know mostly music sure. but um i i think it would be an awesome curveball at some point yeah to just have mm. a music heavy service i think it'd be really cool yeah I let's do that. it let's put it on the books boys <laughs> yeah. Yeah. don't don't tempt us <laughs> yeah. That'd Don't tempt awesome. you with a good time, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, something that kind of comes up in, in being a church for unchurched is, um, you know, everybody thinks, like you say that, and everybody's like, oh, they do secular songs, you know? I'm so, glad you brought that up, Jacob. I, I kind of hmm. want to just, you know, open the can. Yeah, do it. And Sheesh. and let's, let's get some opinions. Um, no, I was actually <laughs> going to ask you guys about that because um, – as an innovative church, when our church was birthed in 1997, mm-hmm. that was part of being what we used to call a, seek, a seeker-sensitive church, sure. you know, that we call a church for the unchurched now. That was kind of part of the equation. Yeah, it's play a secular tune, you know. Yeah, as you were saying, get them, get everybody in, you yeah. know, and then and then you would play the or Christian even music yeah, or even to or, open up the message, you could do a you know, yeah. uh, and we did, we've done our fair share of that. Um, I think even as of last year, uh, we did Still the One, like we did yeah. the National yeah, right, song, yeah. Still the love One. Love Dates and Heartbreaks. Yeah, for the Love Dates, Heartbreaks yeah. series. And uh, dude, it was so fun. Like it was a cool, it was a cool song, but it's it's definitely something that is not done as much. And I think that it just, it's a culture thing, you know, like I I really battled it when I first got to Marathon and started leading worship and it was kind of a thing that we did and I was like, okay, cool. Like we can have fun and we can do these songs and it's great. It connects with people. Um, but after a couple of years of being here, I just, I noticed this disconnect with it where it felt like people that were my age, which is millennials, um, were just like, Hey, why are we doing this song? You know, like, yeah. And the team was like, Hey, why this feels so random, you know? And I was like, well, you know, it's going with the message like we're just having some fun and that's okay but it just it felt like forced as the more like the years went on of me being here and um it's something that like i'm definitely open to you know i think it has to really speak to like the point and like really hammer the point mm-hmm. home like of the message in the series like it has to just be one with it um or else it just feels like hey you just threw a song in there and the whole like um, the whole concept of just, you know, doing something just to do it and get people in the doors, like it, it doesn't work anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, the sure. culture is just outdated. And I think it's as each, the more younger people come into the church and these guys can speak to it like mm-hmm. their age because they're yeah, a generation yeah. even below me. So yeah. I think it gets like Zoomers. even more, <laughs> even more sticky with their generation, you know? Yeah. I mean, just to go off of that, I think mine and Brennan's generation, we grew up in 
in the time where, you know, there was a lot of, uh, like, I guess what we call bait and switch, like, yeah. um, yep. like youth, youth pastors would be like, Hey, come to youth. We have free pizza. You know, there was always this, like this, Hey, like if I, if I can get you here, if I can do this to get you your, your attention, then I can get you bought in. Um, but it wasn't authentic. And so I think our generation over time has just learned to like discern, hey, like this isn't authentic. Like they're just trying to to get me roped in, you know? Yeah. And so it doesn't work anymore. Um and our generation I think craves authenticity. Um we just we just wanna have the real thing. Like give it to me the way it is, you know. Don't 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 try and get me to buy into something that I don't want to be bought into. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is like such a, a, one of my favorite topics, but, um, I think that, you know, you can look at the state of the world, especially, you know, older generations can and say, Oh, it's all going downhill. But if you, if you look at it from, from, you know, Gen Z's perspective, um, the authenticity and the hunger for authenticity, I think is really, really good for the church. And I think people are more apt to like really experience that worship. Like, Hey, if this is what we're going to do, I want to do it and I want to go all out and I want it to be real, but don't give me something fake. You know, don't, don't just, don't give me something gimmicky. Like, can, can we, can you just level with me? Can you be real with me? I'll be real with you, you know? And, I, I used to criticize it, but the older that I get, and I'm, I'm only 23, but like, I just see more and more how, how that authenticity translates. Um, and I think that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's authentic. Jesus was authentic. Yeah. So what's the, what's the saying, Craig, you may know it. It's like, what do you win them with is what you win them to. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that's good. And that's yeah. That that applies here because it's like if you get them in in the doors with a bait and switch, whether it's a song, a giveaway, whatever, as soon as that thing's gone, like they're gone, you know. Right. Yeah. Um so Yeah, and I I think kind of the second verse of that phrase is is what you win them with, you keep them with. Yeah. So do you have to keep that going to keep them happy? Mm. Like, yeah. you know, so um I I mean, I agree with you guys 100%. And and because I am older, fifty nine, and mm-hmm. um, and I live through that phase, you know, we some of some of us still think of a song when we're talking through a series right. or yeah. a message or whatever. Um, it, but the truth is, the songs we're thinking about, most of the people that are attending wouldn't relate to that particular song. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, my music is oldies now. When I was a kid, oldies were fifties, you know. Yeah, sure. And now the music I grew up with are the oldies. So that's, <laughs> I think our point of, point of reference is skewed, and and so, you know, we're blessed to have uh, younger people with great perspectives on our staff, uh, to to keep us out of trouble. I think. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think sometimes too we got to the place where we thought, hey, because we can pull it off, because we could do right. it, we should do it. That's not a good yeah. reason to do yeah. it, right? No, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing now. Like, now we do it um, rather than trying to hook someone in. Like, if we do a secular song in service, it's just a, I mean, to like drive a message point or message series home 
or you know it's just fun it's that authentic hey guys like we're not trying to rope you in with this like we're just doing this because it you know it's a part of our service or you know it brings this message uh this point to light or um you know hey we're just gonna have fun with this and it's okay you know um yeah so yeah that we hit uh, we did two last year that off the top of my head that i i thought were really cool and and really spoke to the series the one was still the one um for the love dates and heartbreaks and then i don't remember what series it was but the ben rector song when a heart breaks maybe it was the same series i think it was was, yeah. yeah so like that was Man, doing that that Ben Rector song was really cool, and like I, yeah. I think it really spoke to a lot of people. You know, even though it's not like a super popular song, but it was still different and like really drew people in and and uh, just nailed home like the point that Eddie was trying to make that week. Yeah, I think when when we did, you're still the one because I, I wasn't. I you're wasn't in the serving. audience, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. So I wasn't serving that week, but the way that Brian came out, you could tell. Like it was just to kind of break the ice and go, Hey, we don't take ourselves too seriously here. Mm. And we're going to be talking about, you know, like love and and dates and heartbreaks, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I mean, that's, that's something that I really do love, love about marathon and um, even working here on staff and, and the community of the worship is like, at the end of the day, it can go back to that ego thing. Like, we don't take ourselves too seriously. You know, we can we can laugh when our when our voice cracks during during <laughs> sound check, you know, every All week the for time. me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or or like it's just it, it's a really healthy healthy culture that that has been built here and I've just had the privilege to to, to step excuse me, to step into it. So I yeah. I think too in that series so still the one was like the super poppy, like everybody's yeah. going to know this. Mm-hmm. But the other song, I think, was v- very much more heartfelt, yeah. and it we weren't playing it just to like tickle somebody's ears or to, you know, to yeah. reel somebody in, so to speak. It really spoke to, you know, the heart of the message. So yeah, yeah. I think before that, it might have been um, Super Bowl Sunday three years ago. Everybody's waiting <laughs> on Sunday night. That was awesome, <laughs> dude. That was crazy. Somebody told me about that uh, this year, the Super Bowl. They were like, man. I still remember when you guys did that song. And yeah. It was just one of those fun, like super fun moments. Yeah. Like, hey, let's do something a little bit wild today. And yeah. uh, it was cool. Yeah. Now we just got to be careful. I mean, not not with that specific song, but just in general, like, I guess I'm saying this more for like any worship or creatives that are listening. Like, you have to be careful with your song selection if you're playing a secular song in church. Um, because, I mean, something always can come across cheesy. Um, Craig will let you know about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, you know, you you just have to be careful. And also, too, like, we don't don't ever want to play a song that's like, you know, hey, uh, I'm trying to think of the best song. Like, for me. My Church by Mary Morris. Like, something like, where they think it's a worship song. Y'all want to know something funny? The, The craziest song that, like, I can't, I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe we played this song in church. Oh gosh, it's it's wild. If you're listening to this, this is wild. Okay, we played "Locked Out of Heaven" by Bruno Mars. No, you didn't. We changed the the three letter word in there to "love" instead of that word, <laughs> oh, and we played that 
um, for a series years ago, and um, sheesh. Yeah, that's that's one of those that was like, oh my. Ooh. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the wildest song we've ever played. Wow, that's pretty crazy. I I guess another factor, you know, you made me think of this, Jacob, is that if you're streaming and yeah. you play a secular song, that thing's going to get yanked down, probably, right? Yeah, it has so a chance. You, yeah, you just got to be careful with the copyright infringement and stuff like that um a lot of worship songs that we play are uh you know they're copyrighted through ccli and so that that enables us to play them and whatnot but you just got to be careful um with anything that you play in a service um you know i don't i don't i don't know exactly how that works we have much smarter people that can that can help us with all of that but yeah you just got to be careful yeah for sure hey let's shift gears a little bit and I'd love to hear you guys talk a little bit about the state of worship music in, I guess, in the Big C Church, in the church overall, in the world today. Like, where where you think we've come, like, the last few years, and maybe where you guys think we're headed? Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like um, it is somewhat of a trendy thing, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of was in the church when worship and contemporary worship, you know, came in, to, and we've come so far from there, thankfully. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, yeah, just talk a little bit about where we're at, where we might be headed. Yeah, it's um, it's a wild ride if you look at you know, kind of the journey of of worship music, and even since I've been leading worship for you know a little over ten years, ten ten eleven years now, um, just the change in in style, the change in like you know the type of feel that it has is. It's pretty crazy because you go back to like Hillsong was like the most popular, like top of top notch. Like if you did Hillsong songs, you were, yeah. you know, and it was all like electric guitars. It was all um, driven by that kind of more rock type of sound. And then now it's like a couple years after that, it was like real synthy where like everybody just threw their guitars away and got keyboards and like just made mm-hmm. these weird synth sounds and... <laughs> Um, started making it like more hype music. You know, you had mm-hmm. Hillsong Young and Free come out, like Elevations, you know, on the rise with, you know, making a lot of synthy stuff and piano driven songs. And um, Bethel comes in with like super ambient and like piano driven stuff. And then you're kind of, right now, I feel like stylistically it's kind of circling back around to that like guitar driven kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's um it's pretty wild to to see all the different styles and um and then you have right now like Maverick City super popular which they have like a keyboard drums an organ and like a choir you know yeah um and it's just so different but it's so like just inviting how they do mm-hmm. it because because of the choir it's like it's just so cool but um i don't know where it's headed to be honest it's it's hard to kind of you know predict that but yeah i mean i think not not just talking about the style of worship music but there there are definitely trends in worship where like if we look back you know it used to be more popular to do um you know seeker friendly services um where you know worship sets were like planned you know start to end and there was no freedom there was no spontaneous there was no um 
just just really no room it was just everything was planned you Rehearsed. basically yeah got mm-hmm. up there knocked it out and got off stage um and you you look at um like other churches and stuff that it used to be that way and you would hear stories about you know hey this person tried to go longer uh and they got in trouble for it for like trying to do a spontaneous moment and stuff and then you look at those churches those same churches now and they're the ones that are uh doing the spontaneous moments and stuff and so you see these trends in worship um across the years of you know doing secular songs and um you know not doing it and that sort of thing i think here it's it's tough because we're trying to get in this consistency of you know this is this is who we are this is what we do um and not not to say that you know we won't follow trends or anything like that um because i think you know um you definitely got to give people something familiar um which is you know something we talked about earlier um but you know it's just we're trying to find that what is marathon's worship consistency like what what is that consistent what does it look like consistently for us you know yeah i mean i think what's really cool is if you if you step back from worship and just look at music in general right now like ballads are 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 back they're back in style Mm -hmm. so you're kind of having this deeper songwriting coming into things and i think that in the church too that's translating because like we talked about earlier the generations coming up are so they're so hungry for this authenticity like just be real you know um and i think when you look at maverick city you know they're like the the way their songs are mixed don't sound like flawless and even the vocals on there aren't flawless like they don't sound super heavy auto-tune or anything um and it's just it's just worship like it just captures the the feel of worship so well and i think that's kind of where where worship is heading is people people just want to like experience the presence of god together and um it's really it's really exciting and it and it's really exciting in a in a corporate setting where you know sometimes in my prayer life i don't always you know feel that presence of god but my favorite times that I've had and, and where I've really felt the Lord have been in a corporate setting where everybody's worshiping authentically and not afraid of what the person next to him thinks, you know? I think it's, it's really interesting too. Cause like I'm thinking back, you know, early two thousands into, you know, 2010 and like people that churches that recorded like albums and things like that, like it was, it was kind of rare to have like a live album, you know, like yeah. Hillsong did yeah. um, like studio albums and stuff. And then they did like live recordings and, and it was like different, you know, and now everybody's trying to do live recordings because it, it's just, it's that gathering, you know, and it's so special to, to be able to hear the crowd and to like be able to say that you were there, you know, like one of the, my favorite things is I was at, um, elevation worships like first live recording and like i look back at i'm like dude i was at that thing you know and um it's just like it's a trend now though that everybody there's way more live music live worship music than there is like studio recordings yeah i'm glad you guys pointed that out because 
like this is probably even before you guys' time almost, but those first couple of big Hillsong albums, you know, Shout to the Lord, yeah. Darling Check, right? Like that's, I think that's what made it transferable to the local church was that you could hear it was live. It yeah. wasn't perfect. It wasn't yeah. Yeah. And, and super authentic. A guy like me that was leading worship at the time, I, I could relate to it. And I'm like, I could bring this. You know, our people could sing this, you know. Yeah. But then I think then it did go studio, right? But we've come mm-hmm. full circle again. I think that's huge because Yeah, go ahead, Jacob. I just I just think it's funny. Um like that I'm that just, old. No, no, no. <laughs> not not that at all. Um just being in production, sitting over here, you know everything that goes into those live recordings. And um <laughs> it, it's just so funny. Like not that not that you guys are wrong because they are authentic. They're taking live captures of of you know a song or a service and they're uh basically taking that and putting it on a record you know um and so it's really cool um to have that environment where you know you hear people singing but also too um like being on the production side of things and this is this is more of a secret to let in all the people who aren't in worship and production um, most live albums aren't really live. <laughs> they get retracked. <laughs> the so, crowd mics are live. And I'm that's, so yeah, disappointed about it. <laughs> well, no. I will say on the Maverick City note, yeah, theirs is just straight up live because yeah. they release those things so fast. They'll have oh, yeah. a they'll have a live recording and it'll be out two weeks later. It's like how in the world? Did yeah, you, like there's no but overdubs I, on that. Yeah, I just mean like I I don't know about the Hillsong stuff, but majority of live recordings you hear they're still you know they're still overdub and stuff. But yeah. the purpose of it is so that you do hear people singing along. Yeah, and it's it's easy to feel like you're a part of that moment. You know. Um, but I just think it's funny hearing you guys talk about it, um, and that, that authenticity and stuff, which it, it is cause you're, you're still taking that moment. Um, but a lot of the stuff is, is re, uh, we call it overdubbed, yeah. um, but it's just re recorded. And um, also, well, like on that note too, technology is getting a lot better. So like back in the day when you did a live recording, like a lot of it's not a quality that was you know something that you yeah. wanted to put out there but now you can track things easily oh, yeah. with the higher quality and it's easier to kind of keep it you know yeah but i think it's cool to hear a lot of these like 90s early 2000s worship songs that churches are putting into rotation again and <laughs> yeah you know like how he loves well how he loves <laughs> i love that song that song has never got old to me but um yeah. Uh, worthy of it all is playing on the radio again and it's like a new recording of it but people are are loving it it's like it translates differently in in Mm. this day and age and i don't know what that is um wait worthy of it all what song like the the, what's the chorus uh you are worthy of it all you're worthy of it all bro from you are all we (laughs) we played that song in my yeah at my old church so much man yeah it's back it's a a great song though it is i i mean i love that song i'm and then i was at like a a conference a few months ago and they were playing stuff from like michael w smith's that album called worship let's go and i I just hear the songs now playing chris tomlin songs yeah no chris (laughs) tomlin was playing theirs um i'm just playing um no, uh, we, we love Chris Tomlin, y'all. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's our best friend. Um, but uh, it's been really cool to just see 
those worship moments and those worship songs like translate differently. And I would hear them. I was raised in church, so I would hear Christian radio in the car as a kid. And some of the songs I heard as a kid have never left the rotation. <laughs> but um, yeah. like some of these old worship songs, are, are they mean so much more to me now. And I feel like they mean so much more to the church right now. So it's it, it makes me curious to see what's going to happen with worship music as time keeps going on. Yeah. yeah, I think everything does kind of come full circle at some point, you know. Yeah, and that that's kind of to uh, a point. Um, there's a guy that he plays drums for The Blowing Co. and Kerry Job. His name's Austin Davis. Great uh, musician, producer, songwriter, all those things. Um, but he made a post a couple weeks ago, um, and he was, I don't know really what, what happened, but he was just typing out a paragraph about how, you know, we as creatives pioneer and he was talking about how there's nothing really new under the sun, but there's always yeah. new things to be discovered, you know? Um, and so basically he's just talking about how do we take what we know and make it new, you know? And so I think that's kind of to the point of what Brennan is saying with those songs. You're seeing a lot of teams take those old songs and take the lyrics that are just so meaningful um, you know, just scriptures in the Bible um, of people singing praise to the Lord and taking it, doing different arrangements with it or, you know, writing different parts to it or whatever. Um, it's just, you know, that's our job as, as worships and worshipers and creatives is to create um, new newness out of, you know, stuff that uh, people have taking those words from scripture and taking and creating a, a new feeling with it for our church, you know, and for the church now and today. That's awesome. Hey, I don't want to take too much of you guys time because we have services to get ready for and stuff. <laughs> we, can talk, uh, we can talk all day. Man. Yeah, for, <laughs> for real. And I actually, I want to bring you guys back and talk more about the production side of things and, mm-hmm. and the, you know, how much, Ooh. You know, video and all this, other, all these other elements, how they fit into the worship service, and and just talk a little bit about that too. But uh, in the last couple minutes that we have together, um, what's going on with Marathon Worship? And and mm. you guys working on any projects right now? Or let Spencer yeah. take this one. So I've been, uh, we've been actually talking um, a couple weeks ago. I kind of shared my heart and um, you know the vision that you know God has really given me and and um, has been pressing on my heart. Um, for been several years and um it's kind of what i was hinting at earlier is that like you know we are a community too that we're trying to build here at marathon in, in a culture that we're trying to to bring that um creates worship you know throughout the week like it's it's an everyday thing it's a lifestyle and um it can be Worship can be done anytime, any place. I hate the fact that we box in mm-hmm. worship to a Sunday morning. Like I hate that. Yeah. And so, I think that for us, I and just the some churches do a great job with it. I feel like we need to do a better job of it personally, of equipping people to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Monday through through Sunday, every day. And so, yeah. like one of the things that you know we're we're gonna start rolling out here is like we we've been writing. Uh, me, Jacob, and Brandon, we've been riding together on Thursdays um, the past few weeks and just trying to 
um, really get some songs rolling out, some original music. Nice. So it's a it's a process though. It's something that yeah definitely takes a while, and that um, we're trying to create consistency in it because um, if you're somebody that's kind of followed Marathon for a while. Like we've done albums and live recordings and and things like that, but it's kind of been um, in the DNA of the church since the yeah, start. Right? Yeah, it's absolutely been a part of our DNA since you know Brian laid the foundation as the worship pastor mm. at the you know the in nineteen ninety seven when pastor. yeah <laughs> when we launched it and and you know people that have been there since even you know Chase when he was the worship pastor like he continued that and um, I'm trying to continue that too and our last. Like our last real like full length um, project that we did was 2016, and um, we did a live single that we released last year, and that was to kind of get the ball rolling with something new and yeah. kind of a new take on it. And so, um, yeah, we're just trying to we're in the season of just writing and kind of preparing because we know that God wants to do something, and we know that like He's calling us to that, and so we're just trying to prepare our hearts and prepare songs and prepare. Um, you know, just content. We want it to be not only like songs that we release, but, you know, videos, um, you know, lyric videos and, yeah. and resources for other churches too. And so yes. there, there's a whole lot that, that we want to do with it. And, and God's really been opening up some opportunities and, and things to make that happen. So awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. I don't know when we'll be like releasing stuff, but we're just kind of going through the writing process right now. We got some, some things planned. But um, you guys got anything you want to add to Sounds that? Sounds great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about it. I, I think that um, the the three of us have a really, um, really special like connection and, and friendship. And um, we were talking today about just how, like, you can you can be good friends, but when you step into a writing room together, especially to write worship music there's like a certain kind of intimacy and trust that you have to build with, with one another. And, um, we had a long conversation in our first write about just like, like bringing, you, you kind of have to pour out your heart and give, give a little insight into, Hey, this is what God's like been walking me through lately. Yeah. Um, and it's just been really cool to see that bond strengthen us and, build our individual community and i really believe that it's translating into our families and um into our worship teams on on sundays and so um i'm just really excited to see what god does with it because where we're at right now we're like hardly even into it and every thursday we leave and we're just like man god's in this and that's awesome um, it's exciting yeah and something special happens in the church whenever it's original to the church and whenever there's a story behind it like it's it's just different you know and god really uses that to minister to people i think just as much if not more than you know the most popular you know hill song song or whatever you know whatever church has the most popular song at the moment you know yeah. so i and think I, it's it's awesome i think too we're we're not going into this thing to be you know Hey, what what which one of these songs is gonna hit number one on the radio or blow up or whatever? I think we're really trying to just be super pure with our intentions and say, you know, what what is Marathon Church? What is the culture of Marathon? What are the communities of Marathon like? What are we going through together? Um, and 
how can we minister to the Lord for one, but also like minister to these to these people and these communities that we're building. And uh, I think that's that's really special. It's just that no ego thing. Like yeah, for sure. And and I'll I'll just give Spencer credit again for his leadership in that. Like that's so so rare for a worship leader to have, and to be brought into it. And just get to help out underneath it is is awesome. Like I can't say enough good things about it. You know. Yeah. And also, to um, just I mean, the vision that that he creates for our teams is incredible. And and the way he leads us on on Sunday mornings is just so personal. Um, and and very humble. Um, and he's constantly the one just kind of bringing everybody in. Like, hey, you know, this is this is what God's doing today. You know, um, so keep your eyes peeled for it. You know, um, make sure that all of our teams are engaged with what's going on. Um, yeah, I love it, guys. Man, I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I'm I'm just excited and and honored to serve alongside you guys. I love what you're doing with your teams. Uh, what God's doing through our worship? Can we uh, can we shout and, out our teams right now? Because yeah, man, do without it. our yeah, yeah. without our volunteers, dude, this would do not it. be possible. We have amazing musicians that yeah. are so faithful and so loyal and hey. so committed, and I love every single one of you guys. Yeah, thank our, you. Our teams are incredible, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us wherever you may be. Hey, check us out at marathonchurch.org. Uh, send your questions to info at marathonchurch.org and go to the App Store. Uh, get our app. It's the best way to keep up with everything going on here at Marathon. We'll talk to you next time.